looking for tomorrow to come in and be the best that I can be in training and to train as hard as I possibly can and then I'll move on to the next day and that's how I've looked at my career. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Argentina beats the All Blacks and Australia beats South Africa. Alan Quinlan is with us. Alan, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, lads. How are you? Topsy-turvy world of rugby at the moment. I don't think anybody had Argentina going to New Zealand and winning. After New Zealand getting their win and the monkey off the back and they managed to beat South Africa and, okay, everything's grand. Joe Schmidt is in. Let's go. And then Michael Checker arrives and just pokes them in the eye and says, you forgot about us, didn't you? Yeah, it was... um a little bit surprising for everybody, but I think uh, given what Argentina did the last time out at, um, at home to Australia, you know, beating them forty-eight seventeen, I think that was probably would have raised a few um, a few eyebrows. That performance as well, um, you know, Scotland probably they won one test in Argentina, probably should have won the last test. You know, they lost the series, so you're kind of trying to figure out over the summer where where were Argentina. Um, you know, under Michael Cheka, Contepomi's back in there. Um, you know, does it does it kind of dilute Ireland's performances um, a little bit uh, over the summer? I, I'm not sure, um, but certainly there's issues with New Zealand rugby and that team. And um, it was it was a it was a great match. It was a great bite, great intensity. And they struggled big time, New Zealand. Um, with the, with the breakdown and, and their discipline again, they seem to skip away a lot of penalties. So uh, no love lost afterwards either. Michael Checker was asked about, you know, Ian Foster was talking about the referee and uh, he kind of fired back at Ian Foster and, um, you know, particularly talking about the breakdown, Foster said that, you know, he was disappointed with Argentinian players not rolling away, slowing the ball down and Checker then says, well, he'd know all about it because they're experts at that. So, um, it was interesting looking at, you know, to see Joe Schmidt in the coaching box uh, for the first time as well, uh, fully involved. Um, but Argentina certainly kind of, uh, you know, that's the first time in their history that they've won in New Zealand, um, like Ireland in June, in July. So, um, yeah, it was a fantastic win for them, but lots of issues and problems kind of arose again for New Zealand. What does it say about our wins there? Does it say that maybe we should like rein ourselves in here? There's a very, very even uh, rugby world at the moment, more even than it seems like it's ever been. Um, and so uh, whoever is in form next year in September, October is going to be the ones who win the World Cup as opposed to, I'll oh, be the best team in the world yeah. now for the next year and a half. It kind of is irrelevant who's the best now. Yeah, it is. And I would like 2018, I think, um, regarding reeling ourselves in, I think we've learned from that probably a few years ago when, you know, not publicly everyone wasn't jumping and, and certainly the team themselves weren't saying we're going to go and win a World Cup in 2019. But, you know, the hype and the excitement is there and um, it was a brilliant year for Ireland. Uh, we've gone over that so many times, you know, winning in in Australia, beating New Zealand in, in Dublin. England for a Grand Slam in Twickenham. You know, you have to celebrate that. Um, 19 then started with that loss to England in Dublin and uh, they kind of bruised and battered Ireland. And um, 
you know, it, it, it ended up being a very, very disappointing year. Um, lots of uh, kind of negativity around the team after that. And, um, you know, I think you talk about the international teams kind of evening themselves out and, and uh, they've been really competitive. It's crazy when you look at Australia, you know, they were hammered in Argentina and they were woeful. And you look at them at the weekend beating South Africa. They were 25-3 up with six minutes to go against the Springboks and uh, looked brilliant. Their attack was superb. Um, so there's no consistency there at the moment from any teams. Um, New Zealand in South Africa, that game in Nelspruit, they were hammered the week after in Johannesburg. Um, they beat South Africa. So... Um, a lot of kind of unpredictable results at the moment but there's one thing you'll always get against Argentina is competitiveness desire passion they're going to be in your face all day and, and that's just the nature of, of of the character the type of players I think obviously they're they're very well coached as well um, Buffelli kicked kicked all his penalties and, con- and conversion as well and punished New Zealand for their you know, lack of discipline and uh, probably frustration. So New Zealand are in a place that, particularly with Ireland um, at home and this loss at home, that, you know, that aura that we speak about is is um, is being chiselled away a little bit. And, you know, they're usually the dominant side who are kind of playing with pace, tempo, bullying the opposition, being really physical, and we've always kind of, if you're a rugby fan, you've all you, you'd have to admire what you know the All Blacks, the standard they've set in their history and the dominance they've always had and the way they've played. But it's probably good for the game, but it's certainly not good if you're a New Zealand rugby fan at the moment because you know another loss at home like this. It's uh, three consecutive losses for the first time in their history, so they're kind of breaking all kinds of records. Um, They've lost six of their last eight test matches, which is, again, you have to kind of check yourself. And I had to go back and look at these results. There was, you know, France-Ireland in November, two against Ireland um, in, in in July, the loss in uh, South Africa, and now the loss to Argentina. So six losses in, Argent- in, in eight tests is something you don't kind of associate with them. I still think they have a lot of good players and I think still think they'll probably turn this around with better coaching and the changes that they've made. Um, but they're not as formidable as, as we've seen New Zealand teams in previous years. Do you, do you expect there to be more significant changes to the coaching ticket at least? Because it does feel that they've somewhat backed themselves into a corner by backing Ian Foster last week and Schmidt was almost the change that they've made and I guess they were hoping that that would be enough change. Yeah, well, they brought in a new forwards coach and defence coach as well and uh, mm. and Joe Schmidt coming in. So I don't think they're going to change anything at this stage, make any drastic sort of change because um, they backed him to take him to, through to the, the end of the World Cup. So, um, you know, if you break it up again, it's more uncertainty. So I, I think they're going to have to try and um, stick together and probably learn that, you know, they're not this dominant force as they were. And that's just the way the, the, the rugby world is kind of evening itself out a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens then in November when they play Scotland, Wales and England. Um, you know, how they fare in those games. I think that'll be probably um, a really good measure at the end of their season of where they're at. Um, if they get three positive results there, then you know, maybe they'll learn a lot from this and, and probably transition a few more players through. But 
you've got to give massive credit to Argentina and and Michael Checa and and Felipe Contepomi and and what they they're doing. Um, interestingly, I was looking at the teams who played, um, who started on Saturday for for um, for Argentina, and you know, ten of those players started against Ireland in November. Well, nine. Um, there was a couple on the bench, so there was about fifteen or sixteen of that twenty-three played against Ireland last November. Ireland beat them fifty-three-seven. So does that mean we're we're way better than Argentina as well? No, it doesn't. <laughs> But it just shows the kind of crazy nature of some of these results, you know, and uh, um, the kind of efforts in coach uh, in coaching that just how important the game is gone re- regard having a plan, structure, keeping your discipline. And a squad, um, right? The other, and yeah, and a squad. The a lot of them are trying to get depth, Ger. They're yeah. trying to get depth and they're trying to check. You know, we heard Andy Farrell talk about the type of characters he wants and the, the mental tests, you know, if you don't get carried away with a result like that, you can really build on it. And they go to, you know, they go to Hamilton next week, and it's probably a similar situation to Ireland now, going to um, uh, going to Wellington for that third test. What what will that be like? What will the backlash be like? But I think because they probably look at Ireland as well and think, well, you know, we we're we're right in this, but. I thought there was times in the game, particularly early on, it was 15-6 in New Zealand, and they're a very, very impatient team. They're trying to score off first, second, third phase, throwing crazy passes, offloading onto the tackle, um, you know, trying to blow teams away really early with their attack. Um, there's no sort of patience there at all, and I think they need to learn that. I still think they've got a lot of X-Factor players brilliant attack they're not as good obviously up front as they would like to be I think um, and actually in the game on, sat- on, on Saturday morning it was their front five who actually played quite well their scrum and line out was pretty dominant um, I know they lost a couple of line outs but um, no sort of patience in, in what they're trying to do and okay. again I, I just I'm just finishing this one before, before you ask again their discipline is shocking at times Um I just think they make really bad decisions if they lose the ball and they end up backing it up with giving away a penalty. But the referee on Saturday, the Georgian referee, Amish Kelly, Amish U. Kelly, yeah, he's uh, he's the guy who refereed. Um, he's pretty inexperienced, the Georgian guy. And um, I just thought some of his decisions were pretty hard on New Zealand. And um, that's what Ian Foster was talking about after the game but realistically they've, they've no one to blame on it themselves Well that's the type of thing you can fix though right and, and like you know Josh Smith over a period of time turned Ireland into one of those teams that never uh, conceded stupid penalties we went from conceding loads uh, to almost none so it'd be interesting to see if there's an impact on that I did want to bring up two other things Um News broke in the last 24 hours or so that we're going to have an emerging Ireland squad that Andy Farrell brings to South Africa for 10 days and three three matches Um in September, players who are going to be taken out of uh, URC action. And when you were talking about the, the chaos that um, the rugby championship has been, uh, like you, you look at the various teams that South Africa have put out, I don't think South Africa really mind if they win or lose the rugby championship if it comes down to the fact that they have 50 players who are of international standard when the World Cup happens. And it probably feels like Andy Farrell has decided, having had some success with the midweek tour are the midweek games in uh, New Zealand. This is a really good opportunity for him to like just get that next tier ready 
for when the inevitable injury crisis happens in time for the World Cup. And this it seems like on the face with a really good idea. Yeah, it does seem like a really good idea. I know some, um, maybe some of the, the provinces won't be pleased or the URC won't be pleased that these players are coming up. But look, the nature of September anyway is um, there's a lot of chopping and changing and um, we, that's always, always happens with the league and nobody has a full side or are fully bedded back in having a full side. So, um, you know, obviously the RFU are the bosses and the provinces, of course, will, will work with them in that. Um, and in, in in principle, it's a very good idea. I think getting a group together, getting some more kind of togetherness, coaching, implementing what kind of structures and depths um, into the squad um, would be a very, very good idea. And obviously going to South Africa, I'm not sure who they're going to play yet or what the fixtures are, but um, again, getting a group away on on tour and similar to the Ireland women's team going to Japan, the benefits of going on tour and being together, um, getting to know people around you and building your confidence, self-belief and working with the coaches kind of, you know, from seven or eight o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, if you want, because you're in the hotel, you're together, you can have little one-on-one meetings, you can change habits of players. Um, I think that will be usually beneficial for, for that next group. And, I think that that's the the probably the biggest area that Ireland needs to to keep pushing on, and and every side does. I think Australia are very stretched at the moment, and they're actually doing pretty okay. And um, that result of the weekend, obviously against South Africa, but they have a lot of injuries. They have a lot of kind of perceived second string players playing for them and doing really well. So yeah. um, for us, it's about depth and getting players who are comfortable in that really big kind of. Uh, in, uh, pressurised environment and, yeah. and making good decisions under pressure. In fairness, that we would always have been critical of the IRFU's insistence that uh, the first team must play every game in the Six Nations and we must always treat those as must-win fixtures. If you're trying to develop a squad for the World Cup, you can't do that. And here, at least, they're putting their money where their mouth is and they're sending the team to South Africa with the head coach and presumably the full coaching ticket to give them the opportunity to get more exposure so that uh, at least if there is a crisis down the line he'll have had access and they will know what the demands of being in the international setup are much better than if they were like coming to training in Carton House and then getting shuffled back out for the weekends. It's just different. They're playing the Greekas, the Cheetahs and the Pumas in 10 days. So okay. uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly what the crack is with that. Um, you mentioned there the benefits of the tour and being with the, the coaching ticket. We were talking uh, Neve Briggs over the last couple of weeks from Japan and she was making that point too that going on tour with the team and the setup allowed them to have a much bigger influence over the players unfortunately they couldn't back up the first brilliant performance with a second win and that's also I think maybe something that we have to accept with the women's game at the moment the national side that uh, it's not going to be a straight line in terms of success for the group Yeah I think after look winning the first test so dominantly and uh I suppose, uh, the feel-good factor of, of that result. Um, and I've been following kind of the tour diaries online and videos they've put up and they seem like they're having a brilliant time. Um, it's a new environment for, for all of them, really. Um, and again, like I mentioned a minute ago, you know, you have you have the coaches around all the time. You're in a hotel. You can do little videos. You can do walkthroughs. You can do one-on-one meetings. The players can chat with each other they can really work in their skill development. The amount of work and benefit you get, and we often see some of the GEA teams, Joe, going away for 
three days. Um, and honestly, the amount of work you can get done in that period of time, as opposed to meeting up for a training session, trying to put meetings at the end of it, people are traveling home, they've got to go back to their families. When you're away from home, you can really switch on. And and this is a new kind of scenario for them. And it was a brilliant tour um, to, to level the series, I think. Um, you know, Greg McWilliams himself said after the game that they didn't really fire a shot in that second test. There was probably reasons for that. First of all, Japan were always going to bounce back as it happens in sport and and come out with probably more of an aggressive repro- approach. Uh, the heat was a major factor and major issue for the Irish players um, for that second test. Um, conditions are incredibly hot there. It's unbelievably humid. I think emotionally, having that kind of high pitch the week before, um, learning about you know how you become really ruthless and, and back it up is something that that comes with experience in in all sports. Um, how you deal with that, uh, but lots of positive. I think the set pieces were were very strong throughout the the tour. Um, skill development needs to improve more for sure. I think we've seen we saw some brilliant tries in that first test, and even in the second test, the two tries they scored. I think the the catch pass, the speed of delivery. Um, I think Japan their breakdown was was superb in that second test and. Probably, if you were looking at a team as how you want to attack, it's unfortunately Ireland could look at Japan, what they did, and the, the catch pass, the speed of it was phenomenal at times. And they just cut Ireland open at times, and they didn't, you know, they didn't get their defensive line sorted. So, and you could kind of go into the technical details of what they did wrong in that second test. But overall, I think it was a very positive experience, and the performance in the first test was brilliant. Um, but like most of the players said themselves in the interviews, they've got to learn from that and be able to back it up and, and find a way to hold on to the ball and kind of limit your, your mistakes and uh, bring bring that execution and back it up from the week before. So yeah. uh, nine new players capped as well. So, you know, again, Greg Williams and, and Neve Briggs are trying to get some depth in the squad. Uh, but I think a really, really big positive um couple of weeks for the Irish players and you know lots of them can look forward to getting contracts now and and preparing in a different uh, in a different way around yeah. nutrition and, and full-time training so it's a game changer uh, really. yeah. from where we are were a year ago um, they're in a really good place and I think there's lots of positives to take out of it alright Alan good stuff thanks for joining us cheers cheers lads OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.